This is Reads and Weeds, December 2020. Maybe the strangest December of my life thus far. (laughs) But guess what? I'm doing an episode with Gia Ashlyn Perro. And when I met Gia, I thought I'd met Mariah Carey fans before. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But... I had not. And then I realized that she has a love life, Mariah Carey. Yep, that's it. Instagram. <laughs> a whole Instagram. I've got two Instagram accounts, and one of them I do with two other people. And yes. It's love. It's all about Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got really excited because at that time, I had met Gia at a party, and then she started working at this farm with me, and I was like, she's my friend now. <laughs> the first time we met you, me and Kelly were like, who was that person? We're keeping her. <laughs> yeah. It's a book I never would have picked up. I never would have picked up, but it reads and weeds. You know, we smoke weed and talk about books. And of course, when I met Gia, we were probably smoking weed, and she was immediately telling me about Mariah Carey autobiography has come out and you've got to read it oh my gosh I'm obsessed with her and something had just happened on your Instagram the night before yeah, what it happened was like right before okay so I do an Instagram live with my friend every Sunday on love life Mariah Carey his name's Gareth I'm Gia and we talk about Mariah for like two hours straight but the day before I met Shelly we had on Michaela Angela Davis on our live chat. What? Yes, who helped co-write this book with so Mariah. Let Carey. me just let me just say we're we're talking about the meaning of Mariah Carey. If you have not clued in on that <laughs> yet, but the meaning of Mariah Carey. So you're saying that the co-author of the book was on your live chat? Yes. What? Yes. Before the book came out, she was right before, like days before the book came out. We had her on, and she was talking to us about what to expect from it, her writing process, and things of that nature. And I was, I wasn't actually like doing the live talking with her, but I was like in the comments, like talking with my friend because you can only have two people on at once, but I was like totally there in spirit. And I was just like super happy to be a part of something like that. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so if you uh, were just born or you've been in a cave for like 50 <laughs> years, Mariah Carey is a uh, United States-born pop star who has had more number one hits than anyone. She is a global icon. She's a global icon. Yes, she has had more number one songs on the Billboard Hot 100 than any solo artist. Right. So this story is her story from her point of view. And what's interesting is I was just telling Gia when we were getting set up that in the 90s, I was driving around all over the country, and of course I knew lots of Mariah Carey songs, but I didn't really even think about her. She's young, she's cute, whatever, she's got an amazing voice, but then it's super, super impressed with just her range because Freddie Mercury Prince, like you know those people who have ridiculous ranges and you can't even understand their voices. And then when did the All I Want for Christmas Is You come out? 1994. 1994. Okay. Everybody knows this song. <laughs> you just know this song. And you 
you know it and you want to hate it if you've heard it a million times in the store but in the you, store yeah. but it's in we are trying on clothes you're walking through the mall the grocery store and you're just like oh my god but the truth is is it's because it's the jam <laughs> and every year it goes number one it's number one right now it is literally number one on the billboard right now. it is charts. december <laughs> 2020 she put it out in 1994 <laughs> yes. that is the shit iconic that's Legend. iconic. Like, come on. And, you know, and she's, anyway. So, but also her life story, I would not have guessed, would have been so rags to riches. I didn't really know that about her. Exactly. And I didn't really know about Tommy Matola. Oh, girl, that's where, that's honestly, that storyline is yeah. what made me identify with this woman so much. And oh, yeah. And totally get into that when you're yeah. ready, but. Oh, yeah. Girl, I'm so ready. Okay. I read this book. Oh, here's the fun thing. If you haven't read it yet um, and you do the audio, uh, Mariah does the audio. She tells her story. And so you get Mariah talking to you. If you've never, if you've only heard her sing, you haven't heard her talk and just be silly. And you realize, (laughs) oh, she's really silly and fun. And she's a little girl that kind of like, one of those child stars that didn't really get to be just like a cool kid who was a teenager and 20 something because she was a mega star and but but she is like one of her favorite characteristics about herself is that she likes to be funny and silly and do characters and I connected with that because that's what I like to do and I'm like oh this is the first time I've really thought like oh I want to hang with Mariah in in, impersonations as well oh my god she's so good at it (laughs) Love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh my god. So also we have to talk about her um like alter egos. And okay. the alternate album, the secret oh, dude, album. I, I went deep. Oh, so girl. if you if you read this, because let's be honest, it's December twenty twenty, or maybe you're listening to this in the future, but there's enough serious <laughs> shit going on in the world. Oh my god. Like we need to just think about how fun it is to listen to Mariah Carey sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> And just be like, you know what, I could read a book about, like, what's wrong with the whole world or, like, how vaccines are made or, like, uh, what kind of conspiracies are going on. Or I'm like, you know what, I really just want to find out about that video that she did. I'm going to do a deep dive about this whole alternate video that she did on top of another album so that she could be herself. And uh, and that's just more fun. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. So if you're in that mood, this is the book for you. <laughs> and the podcast, honestly. And the podcast. Okay, so Gia, it's great to have you on the show because you're a walking Mariah Carey encyclopedia. And I started to get really prepared earlier and I'm like, she's already going to no, know everything. You're good, honey. If you honestly... Most, I'm not trying to, I'm going to be a little humble here, but I've been a huge Mariah Carey fan since Mm -hmm. about 2015, and most of the stuff in this book, I speculated, I knew most of it, it just wasn't details. I did learn a lot about her childhood that I did not know, Mm -hmm. but most of the career stuff, yeah, I knew most of it. I didn't know any of it. That's crazy. Yeah. So when um, when did the book come out? Did you already say that? September 29th. September 29th. So we're only October, November, December. We're only three months into this book. So you know that All I Want for Christmas is You is out right now. And probably this book is going to get sold a shitload this December. Oh, yeah. It already went to... 
It's already a New York Times bestseller. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Of course. She's a hit maker. So what, um, so maybe you're a Mariah Carey, uh, just, wait a minute, tell me about Lambs and why it's called Lambs. If you're, so for example, like Lady Gaga, I know that her fans are called Monsters and Jimmy Buffett's fans are called, um, Oh, shit. <laughs> I forget what they were called. Well, honestly. Tell me about lambs. Okay. Well, you know, there's all the fans have their things. Like you said, there's monsters for Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. But really, I don't think that started until Mariah Carey had lambs. I think that she was one of the first artists to have a following with a name. And they actually named themselves that around 1999. Because she had jokes with her background singer, Trey Lorenz, who she had known since her first album. And they would, uh, they would be making fun of or um, impersonating mm-hmm. another artist. <clears throat> and they would be like, be a lamb and do such and such. Or be a lamb and do this for me, darling. Mm-hmm. And it just turned into a thing with lambs around the 90s. And they started calling themselves lambs. So... All of these other artists coming out nowadays, naming their fans something, naming a following something, it just isn't the same, it doesn't have the same authenticity as <laughs> Lambs, because they did it themselves, and they were the first to do it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that I taped that whole thing. So, uh, this is, I was so far off, the Jimmy Buffett fans, I think, are parakeets. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say something so else like jimmy buffett parakeets or pete's parrot heads maybe i was thinking parrot heads but like those are people who are like i'm all about this and you go oh you're a parrot head dead heads parrot heads and i think so, stands are like a, a really huge word now what's like, that a, i think it started with an m&m fan but i think that it's like just slang now to mean like i go really hard for someone like oh i stan i stan like s-t-a-n stan yes i have never heard this uh, girl, exactly. I feel like I'm getting old. Like, I really don't even know what these new terms are. Sure, sure. Yeah, like, I, you could be making that up, and I would never know. Exactly. But never I'm sure know. someone listening to this is going to be like, oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, I'm a stan. Yeah, I'm a stan. Stan for yeah, for all sure. Day. So, um, okay, so if you uh, love Mariah Carey, then you already kind of know what we're talking about. If you don't, then she is American, international, from New York, mega mega pop star uh from mixed race heritage and it's kind of a rags to riches autobiography where she is coming to understand herself and become her own person and shaking off all of her past and she's telling it in her own voice she's keeping it light but truthfully the girl's been through some shit several several things (laughs) several things and so i'm realizing um you know, I get her. I get it. So, which was the point of the book. And I think people are, are going to really get into that. Okay. So, my first thing I wanted to talk about, and I bet you'll have some wanting to talk about this too, is what it was like for her. Like, she talks a lot about basically growing up, mixed race heritage, and some people thinking she's not black enough, and some people thinking she's not white enough. And talk about that, Gia. Tell me about that and why that's important to you. I am so fucking happy, first of all, that you let me on this podcast now. And also, may I just say, like, I'm so much less nervous talking now. Oh, I'm so into this. But you just are, like, you're just killing it. <laughs> okay, but I am, first of all, Mariah Carey is Irish, 
black and Venezuelan. She appears to look very light. She could pass as a white woman. She's mm -hmm. got very light skin, always has her hair blown out, a nice balayage ombre, a lightish brown tint. Wait a minute, blonde. balayage ombre? Oh, yes, darling. I love the phrase balayage ombre, but you could be talking about anything from like hair color to ham or like an opera. I'm like, balayage ombre, is that somewhere we can go on a boat? Like right into the balayage ombre. What is balayage ombre, please? Okay, so the ombre is the, the color, like the fade, and the balayage is the technique. So, oh my God. Yes. So, her, so it's a hair thing. Yes. Darling, her <gasps> hair fades from, oh. from a darkish medium brown to a, a honey blonde sort oh, of situation. Yeah, it does. Yes, but the balayage effect is very seamless, so it's not a chunky 90s highlight. Oh, okay. Okay, so tell me, so go back to the why it's so important to you that she's Irish? Irish, black, and Venezuelan. Venezuelan. Okay, so why is that so important to you? Because I am... Italian, Native American, and African American. And I also, if I blew out my hair, which is, um, I would say about, uh, it's a light wave. Mm -hmm. It's a light wave. Um, which I have blonde baby hairs also sometimes. And in the summer it gets super blonde as well. If I blew my hair out, I, I am also racially ambiguous. So it just means a little bit more that we can connect on that level as well. Yeah. And also, I've had those arguments with friends where when I'm black, I'm black all day to them, but then when I'm arguing with them or there's an, um, you know, some I remember of, you telling me this. Like, exactly. You're, they're they're like, oh, you're black, you're black, you're black, you're black, you're black. And then somebody's like, oh, you're being a white privilege girl. And exactly. you're like, what? The same person. When did I become white privilege <laughs> yes. girl? Do you get to choose or do I get to choose? Does the cop get to choose? Does the person who just met us for the first time get to choose? Like, who decides who I am? Exactly. It's so weird. And I've struggled with my identity in so many different ways throughout the years. Being um, a trans woman, also racially ambiguous. I grew up, people were like, are you black or are you white? Are you a boy or are you a girl? Just all my entire life, yeah. just always being questioned. What mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. And And I didn't even know what I was at that age. When yeah. you're in elementary school, you cannot fathom your own existence to know what you even are. Oh, yeah. You yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the same. No. But, but growing up in the South, as a little girl in a small town in the South, you don't realize you're a little girl from a small town in the South until you start traveling the country and you're like... Oh, girl. And you're like, you start traveling the country and you're like, oh, I learned strange things growing up. Oh, wait, growing backwoods up. is a thing. I didn't know. Oh, oh, okay. oh, so you guys all just gather around as a family and talk about things <laughs> and offer me, like, pie? People live that way. All right, well, hey, yeah, get it. You know, it's like... Oh, you just don't know who you are until you start coming into contrast with lots of other people. But unfortunately, our country and her upbringing, it's, and every kid I think understands this, but if you're looking for a way to relate to Mariah, hers were literally kids saying like, you're an N-word, you're an N-word, you're an N-word. Like they, the girls that she wanted to like and be friends with who 
she finally got to go over to their house, and then she, and then they cornered her and yeah, tormented her. Yeah, in the Hamptons. Her. What a fucking drama. They lured her in there with friendship. It's so mean girls. That's it's so, so mean, mean girls. It's so mean girls, which she also talks about later, like, wanting to emulate the mean girl as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Oh, I have to say something about hair real quick. So I have a friend, Mark Sweetman. He's a Detroit area comic. And he and his wife are white. And they have three kids of their own. And over the course of their life, they've adopted five kids from the same mother. And um, I know a lot about them and their family. And one of the things that Mark... Oh, and all those kids are African. And I was adopted as well. Yes. And so he was. He does this... Because he's a comedian. But he does this whole series of jokes because it's so real. He's like, what they should do when you start fostering kids if you're a white man is just teach you about hair care <laughs> he's like that's all I wish I knew as a father I'm like I'm good at listening I'm good at this but like 95% should be hair care because that's what the girls are going to be traumatized by that's what that's the hardest part to figure out and so it was interesting to reread like oh my gosh if you're a little girl that doesn't know how to take care of your hair it seems trivial but it's not it's not at you all can't figure it out oh, and you look yeah. crazy no, I am a mixed race person and I was adopted and raised by white people and I still am learning how to do my hair. And Mariah was raised by a white woman, but she is of mixed race and she didn't know how to take care of her hair. Her hair was matted all the time, a mess, and she got made fun of for that, made fun of for that, and she got made fun of for her skin. She was never white enough, never black enough. It's so weird that we can't handle like it, okay, so um, Mariah's mother's name is Pat, and um, she's an opera singer. And I had no idea that that was like, oh, there's genetics. There's genetics, and I never heard that. And she went to Juilliard as well. She went to Juilliard, and so, and her dad is Alfred Roy. Um, Mariah is growing up, I don't know how early Pat and Alfred split up. I don't know how early, how young she was, but her... So let me explain that when she first opens the book, she talks about how, like, she's not into time. She's not into linear time. Oh, my gosh. She's an artist. She's not into linear time. She's going to tell her story. She's going to bop back and forth. She tells you in the first paragraph, like, listen, I'm going to be all over the place. Like, I'm going to... She's like, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. She's a tangent queen. Yeah, I'm going to talk about my... Uh, like I'm going to pop in here with a story about my grandmother, but also I'm going to talk about my tour. And she's just, she's telling you right up front, I'm not, this isn't going to be a real easy timeline. Not easy timeline, but it's not going to be a linear timeline. So she, um, but it all works though. Oh no, it all works. It's very easy to understand. It's how I think. It's, it's like, how I think as well. It's how I think. It's how I write. For sure. For sure. So she's, she talks all about, she grew up in Brooklyn or New Jersey. Where did she grow she up? She grew up in Long Island. She grew up in Long Island. And, um, I feel like there was a bit of violence in her household with her brother. Tell oh, me, tell oh, me yes. about, tell me about your thoughts about her childhood. Okay, so I believe what I got from this book were her earliest memories are of violence with her brother and her father, her brother and her mother. Her sister was violent towards her. There were police in the house all the time. They were saying, "If this child makes it, it'll be a miracle." And um, that's her, her earliest memories are of her being neglected. And then it just gets worse from there, to be honest, because 
her sister goes downhill and her brother there's some weird like murder plot sort of situation yeah yeah it's rough and so i have to just uh, name what just happened is not only are g and i spending time together which is a very precious thing because it's like quarantine america and we don't get to see that many people and g and i had worked together so we're like okay we've already been around each other we've been around each other in the field we've been around each other in a room trimming weed and we've literally been surrounded by hanging weed while trimming weed while smoking weed (laughs) and singing Mariah Carey together there's there's not a more fitting thing than for us to be smoking weed and talking about Mariah Carey because we could sit in an uncomfortable position and chop up weed into totes for like four hours if we had enough weed of Mariah Carey. Honestly, that working, would be the dream. <laughs> working hard, you know, like, do it, let's be here all day. Wow. Yeah, super, super amazing. So, um, but what I wanted to say is that we also have delicious snacks. We have soup, cornbread, cheese, crackers, pears, wine, chips, salsa, and shortbread cookies. So... If you were wondering if it was worth it to come on the show with me, I always have baller snack spreads. <laughs> because hashtag weed. Okay. So childhood. Childhood. So little Mariah, you know that scrappy kid who's kind of like a little bit of a misfit, but she's also sassy and um, confident, but you can tell she's not secure. You know, she's not really safe. Um and I can't quite remember, when did she realize that she could really, really sing? Like, what age was she? Tell me about her understanding that she could sing. Because my memory, when people go, what did you learn from that book? Is I go, well, she was a fucking hustler from like 11 years old. Literally she was a hustler. running the streets of New York, girl. <laughs> when I listened to the audiobook yeah. and read this book, I was like... Okay, go ahead. I was like, oh, girl, I am running the streets of New York with Mariah in the 80s, early 90s right oh, now. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. like super visual. I was totally there. But the earliest memories of Mariah being a singer is just like she was singing since she was born. And that's her thing. Yeah. But she really knew she could sing, I think, when her friend was like, whoa girl oh like a choir of angels is around you or whatever when you sing it sounds like there is music to you like it sounds like there's music with you when you sing yes and and the truth is is I listened to that I listened to that and I read it and then I listened to it again and I was like oh that's because that that's the way it is when when a when a person with a voice like that when you're just like oh it's there's musicality in every note in every note. And if you're a person who's heard your friend sing, like I was telling you that I just filmed this holiday show here. My friend Jess, Jess McCummins. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. <laughs> um, well, Jess Oberhalter. Jess Ober. She's Her name has recently changed. So let's say Jess Ober. So Jess Ober, I've done this holiday show with her. It's December 2020, by the way. We had to do this whole... Uh, virtual thing, right? And Jess, like her voice, every note, I'm just like, you fucking go, girl. <laughs> like, I can't even take it. It's too much. You know, it's like, oh, she's owning every note. Anyway, so Mariah, if you're Mariah's little friend and you have that mind to understand 
this isn't just somebody singing happy birthday. (laughs) This is your dad singing along with the car radio. Like, this is like, oh, wow, there's music around you. But also she knew she was writing songs. When did she start recording, like, stuff at the studio in Long Island with those dudes? Do you remember? Sorry. It's okay. We record and we can edit it out. It's no big deal. Oh my gosh, I had to cough so bad. I know you were trying so hard. We can edit it out. I'm so sorry, Shelly. No, no. But we're talking about them knowing when she can sing. Yes, yes. Oh, but also, I just need to. What did, you what did you just say before, though? You said something really important. About the musicality of her voice and how if you're someone who can recognize that and someone like my friend Jess and the Christmas oh, set. And yeah. yeah. For those of you who have not heard Mariah Carey sing, this woman, when she was in her prime, does not miss a beat. There is not a singer that compares to Mariah Carey in her prime. There, What's just, a song that starts with the super high notes? Let's look it up. That starts with the super high notes? Oh, yeah, it's like Dream Lover? <laughs> Dream Lover. Okay, okay, okay. So you keep talking. I'm going to look up Dream Lover just so people understand. So historically, if you're not like a music-obsessed person, even most people know this even if they're lightly music-obsessed, but there's a few people who are known for extreme range like Prince and... Freddie Mercury and Joni Mitchell. I, I don't know. Mariah, right? right. Where, where their range is so... It's emotions. Her, her is ra- it emotions? Oh, emotions has yeah. huge whistles in it. Does that start with it? No. Dream Lover starts Dream with Lover. the whistles. Emotions has a huge whistle at the end. But her okay. range is enormous and super impressive. Yeah. But her agility clear. and her ableness to go through each of her different registers and go down the scales and do all of the runs. There's just nobody who can do it like Mariah Carey. Let's see if, let's see. Here it comes, folks. What is that note even? That's like a C7. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really Nobody can make that noise. I mean, Ariana Grande. Yes. She's Christina Aguilera. You know, like... They can go up there. When you've got a... I I, I don't want to use the word freaky. Um, Alien? No. No, No, I'm saying like... um, there's a very small percentage of people in the world who are like the Michael Jordans, you know, the Mariah Carey. Those people are Olympic. so Olympically talented where you're just like, oh, that's just a percentage of the population that can hit that range that like there's no – you don't want to try to be like that. You're going to fail. <laughs> you can be so, a singer yes. of another type, but you shouldn't try to just – be like Mariah because she's born with it and then she does train but does she ever so tell me this um I wanted to talk about hustle versus training okay and how I don't know if at any point did she have piano lessons was she in the choir no. was her you know because her mother was an opera singer but was her mother encouraging it was yes. her dad so her tell mother, me about it her mother 
was very neglectful in a lot of ways, like taking care of Mariah and like making sure she has a safe place to be, um, yeah. safe surrounding. Her hair is combed out, which is like pretty basic shit. Yeah, but yeah. she did teach Mariah. She trained Mariah how to sing. She taught her about the music. She encouraged Mariah. And that's amazing. Oh, but yeah. there was also some like serious neglect here that's like, girl, you could do a little bit more here in yeah. certain areas. Yeah. And it's interesting. I kind of, so when you read this book, set aside some time to go down like YouTube wormholes and like look up people, things like that, because you're like, Pat was an opera singer. Is there any video of that? Where is she? What does she look like? You know, so you're going to want to know things about her family like they'll talk about the church that her grandmother pastored a church in new york city and owned buildings at a time when black women did not own buildings and mariah went and posed and took a picture in front of that church um with like wilding out with a bunch of friends when she first started feeling like herself and she goes and she's like that's where my grandmother was a pastor and she takes a picture in front of it remember this it's right i'm doing like mariah and just skipping around so this podcast like the book will not be linear (laughs) i feel like that's totally fine because this book is actually all over the place it is but Easy, but it's easy. But it's, it's not frustrating. No, it's not. It's, it's just like someone going, oh, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Oh, that reminded me of this thing. That reminded me of this thing. And you realize like, oh, when she says darling, she's not being pretentious. She's being silly. She's joking. And she's everyone, joking. Oh, my gosh. She's I joking. Feel like nobody knows that. Nobody thinks, everyone thinks Mariah is a bitch or a huge diva. Or a diva, she yeah. She is a diva, but in the kitschy cool fun way yeah she's just like well what i realized so one of the things i really realized was that um if you're this person who i have never been and most of us in the world have never been if you're this person who's so and i keep wanting to use the word freakishly but so um such a small percentage of people are this just brutally talented to where some people become a succubus or a vampire they, they try to come into your life and take that talent and like exploit it in the world as we know it in capitalism etc and she just wanted to sing now or take it and hide it away yeah and keep just, it for themselves yes oh yes and so she was just like okay i'll do that so picture all the what you knew when you were like uh, 17 to 22 years old um, not much, really. However, she was becoming sort of a megastar during that time and hustling her ass off and working. If you've ever been 16 to 25 years old and working like at a restaurant and then somewhere else, then partying at night and then hanging out with these people and trying to make connections and like paying too much rent and having a weird living situation and trying to be an artist, then you get it. But she was like not a cokehead not a maniac about it she was just working really really hard she knew that's what she wanted to do since she was young she knew she wanted to have her songs on the radio and that's what mariah i want to have my songs on the radio that's it and you know what's funny is like it's such a just happy goal you know oh it's just a blanket gia adjusted her we're in my living room and uh 
It's really cozy, super fucking cozy in here. She's sitting in a chair that used to be my grandmother's. It used to be in a farmhouse in South Carolina. And and she, it's, but it's this super cute, like, she, army green, though, and it's, like, this color that I wear all the time. It's my favorite color to wear, darling. It's the best, darling. It's the best, darling. Oh, my God. I have to just give Mariah a shout-out right now because when I was little, I used to do Mrs. Wiggins as well. So um, anybody who grew up with um, Carol Burnett and Tim Conroy is his name, right? Tim Conroy. You know how hilarious that show was. And there was a character who would be like, Mrs. The Wiggins, Mrs. The Wiggins. She would come like tiptoeing in. And Mariah credits her tiptoeing to this day to always portraying Mrs. Wiggins. And I used to portray Mrs. Wiggins to my cousins and brothers and neighborhood people. I'd be like, I'm Mrs. The Wiggins, you know. And I played both parts because I'm that kind of redneck diva. <laughs> so, okay. So, she had hustle. So, I'm going to go get us lighthearted. And you're going to talk about Mariah's hustle with... Uh, with um, Ben Margulies. The guys, yeah. Oh, the two gays. and Or no, not the gays. They had wives. Yeah, and no. she was singing on the piano. She's singing. Well, well t- no, t- tell them about uh, her hustle with like starting to do demos and stuff with guys in the neighborhood. And she kind of knew she was better than them, but she really wanted to cut her own stuff. So start talking about that. Oh, yeah. So she was, We're in the hustle section. Yes, we're in the hustling. <laughs> the make it happen. If you're yeah. a huge lamb, it's make it happen, yeah, darling. Yeah, we're making yeah, it no, happen. No. <laughs> so Mariah has been... She knows she can write songs now. She Everyone knows she can sing. Everybody knows. That's a huge inside joke. But she is working with a few guys, and they're married... And she's singing Lullaby of Birdland on the piano. Their wives are super jealous, even though she's completely underage. And these situations that she's in are always super questionable. But somehow she gets herself out of them, in them and out of them safely. So the story moves forward. And she ends up with a writing partner, Ben Margulies, in a writing like in a woodshed they're writing songs in a woodshed and it's super i'm about to take a sip of this beer you guys Okay. <laughs> can i just tell you guys that um g and i are doing my little uh home studio you know COVID has made it really weird to do a podcast that I used to do sitting around a table with four or five people and microphones that everybody shared and so it's good to kind of benchmark that, put a little pin in that part of history where we go, oh, that's that's why it took us a long time to get to this, get to this show, because we met, we were like, yeah, we're doing this, like September, October, November, it's December. Oh my gosh, it took it's us four months. months. Yeah. It took us four months, and I was like, I'm reading it, I'm getting it. It was hard to get the book. It was hard to get the microphones. It was hard to do everything. It was, right? hard, to, oh, <laughs> it was, hard, it was everything. hard to do everything. Mm-hmm. And we were working working with each other, all yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, and, and so all of October I was working such a ridiculous amount. Oh girl. Yeah. And because so we it's did cr- the Croptober, darling. Yes. Well and you did the show that my friend John did, right? You, did you come to the comedy show? You got the right I was end. a little late. But right, right. And yes. then me and Brian sang together. 
Yes. I oh was, my I God. Was, you, did you come right after? Right after oh yes. no. Oh no. Okay. 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 So you talked about hustle. Yes. Okay. We skipped over the part where her sister literally tried to sell her to a pimp. And oh my God. Please tell that story. And also she threw like boiling hot tea over her and had to burn her like third degree burns and had to okay. go to the hospital. So everybody, I'm just going to tell you that um, it's a very straightforward family childhood telling and it's she's really not like, oh my God, people are so horrible to me. She's just like, this is what happened. <laughs> this is how it went down. It's not what was I me. got taken there, you know, whatever. And, I'm, and then it wasn't until years later that she was like, maybe that's not good for me. Like a lot of us understand this where we're like, oh, years later I realized maybe perhaps I was taken advantage of at that point. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe my Trauma. sister. <laughs> right, right. And God bless everybody involved with the story. I haven't heard your side. But you shouldn't pour hot tea over your little sister. No, Allison. <laughs> I don't think that's a good choice. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Can I just stop and give a um, what, what to uh, bubblegum weed strain? <laughs> it's the happiest. <laughs> At the, currently, December 2020, bubblegum is as much of a vitamin to me as, like, vitamin C, vitamin D, because it's dark outside. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for real. Like, bubblegum and stage 5 clinger and uh, pure Michigan, if you want that, if you're like, I wish I liked myself and other people better, this is the weed for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Let's talk about Mariah Carey substance abuse. Just kidding. There's not any. She's not that kind of star. So here's what I've realized is a misconception, having been talking about this book for a couple of weeks with friends of mine, is that um, Mariah wasn't trying to be a sex symbol. She wasn't trying to be like a crazy party diva. She was just singing and working and singing and working and singing and working and the forces that be were kind of like reacting around her and capitalizing on it. That's her addiction is working. To escape, it's escapism. And we all do it. Yeah. But her escapism brought success and brought money. And it it also brought leeches, like you're saying. Yeah. Which would be, oh my gosh, is that a spider? It's like a floating entity. And it's it? literally... We said alien earlier, like that is an alien right there. Oh, wait, what is it? It's literally like some sort of feather. Oh, no, you know what? I think it is ashes. Like, no, we've been. Like, it's like a feather. It's what like... is it? Oh, I know what it is. Oh, that's really funny. It's so cute, though. It's like okay. that part so of Finding Nemo. It's if like... you're wondering oh. uh, what it's like to do a podcast with me, there's feathers floating in the air <laughs> on their own. Uh, on their own. We did not put them there. Gia saw it. And I saw it, and it was feathers in the air. So there's that. Okay, so um, her brother was violent around her, towards her. So he was a hustler. She was the baby, right? Yeah, he was more older brother, older towards the parents. Okay, and yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, fights, a lot of fights, and police showing up with the, the father, and then with the mother, he was definitely, he definitely was violent towards her. But they were, like, colluding against Mariah later, which we'll get into. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Because, really, if you think about – I've been thinking about this with COVID, is there's a lot of people trying to do the very best they can with the circumstances. You're a parent. You're like, shit – 
not that good at being a parent turns out you know like and, and you go i wish i was but i'm just not i'm very stressed out there's a lot of stuff i'm supposed to know how to do it i don't know how to do it so god bless alfred roy and pat i don't know you i don't, I don't know her i don't yeah. i don't i don't know you like i'm not trying to be like but but it's a really the story behind the book is that it's her really true story of like this was my experience growing up and if your memories are violence and instability and instability, that's what I meant to say. But being unstable and being like not that safe and not that grounded and people not that sure who you are as a person. And so the clinging to the music and, and her work ethic, I guess just as a child, is, is ex- extreme. So... I don't want to skip over anything, okay? But my next note is Tommy. Yes. So are we there yet? Well, girl, I mean, he's a huge chunk of the story. If you really look, the Sing Sing section is the biggest one. And yeah. And he's the guy who discovered her. He's- how, how old? So tell me, what had she done already, and how old was she when... When he met her. Okay. Because that part of the book is important. So we're talking about Tommy Mottola, who at the time that he met Mariah Carey, she was 20, she was, you tell me. When he, okay, so Mariah had already met Ben Margulies. They were making the songs in the woodshed. They had already, oh, she was singing. Who is Ben Margulies? Ben Margulies was just her writing partner and producer at the time. Okay. Very grassroots shit going on. Okay. Very like she's still hustling, running around. This girl working coat check? Working the coat check with one pair of shoes. One pair of shoes that had holes in them. One pair of shoes. Darling, she's a man. And the little little come on, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yes. And she would she was sleeping like above someone's kitchen. In a in a a brownstone. (laughs) uh, one of those brownstones in New York, but she had like the the Harry Potter cupboard sort of situation going (laughs) on. She had the little the little moment, the little room. Nothing for her, really. Right. How tall is she? Um, now she's about like five nine. She's up there, five ten. She's okay. She's a big okay. girl. She's a big girl. Is Amazon. she really? She's Amazon. Oh yeah. my god, I love that. I just I imagine don't know her. Why. I imagine celebrities big, and when they aren't, when they are not, I, it, it's disappointing. But when I found out Mariah was tall, I was oh no, Sylvester like, Stallone is like five six. Oh, see, like when when you visualize a celebrity, they're just like. Godlike almost, right. and there's huge. I didn't. I for some reason I pictured Mariah being very petite. She's a big girl. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yes, but like, what the fuck? She's okay. like big, but she's thin, and she's got body though. Oh, she's oh yeah, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. Okay, Not okay. Even a question. Okay, okay. So how old was she when she met Tommy? And what was so Ben Margulies? Go ahead. Okay, she's gotta be like 19, 18, 19. She's got like. Uh, uh, she's singing background for Brenda K. Starr, who's got one song, okay. the big song, I Still Believe, big, you know. Hold on. Let's just take a minute and toast to backup singing and backup singers in general, because Mariah was a backup singer forever. I will tell you that if there's one job I could do forever and ever, having done it for a few years, luckily, praise God, being a backup singer is the most fun thing ever. <laughs> so, like, harmonizing with a few people behind someone who's awesome is the greatest thing. So listening to Mariah talking about the importance of background vocals and how good she was and how 
And then um, she talks about the, that a lot in this that's book. That's the character that she plays in Glitter, which we'll get to. My God. oh my gosh, that's okay. Yeah, the whole section. There's a whole section about glitter. Glitter. Oh glitter. So so okay. So um okay. Now go back to meeting Tommy. Yeah, we're oh my gosh, darling, we are not even anywhere near there. Okay. Okay. So it's okay because time. Time. It's yeah. not relevant. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a. Background singing gig. We're hustling everywhere. A demo tape has been made. We've got fucking bops on it. Mm-hmm. Mariah vocals, so it's a it's a guarantee. We already know. She goes to a party with Brenda K. Star. Brenda K. Star. Brenda K. Star. <gasps> yep. The- I still believe. Yes, oh my gosh. Yeah, mm-hmm. Come on back. Yes, so she's back up singing for her. They go to this party, and she's like, you need to go. Tommy Mottola's going to be there. Yeah. They're at the party. Um, Mariah tries to hand it to one of the lead executives, but Tommy grabs it. Oh, she tries to give her demo to someone, and Tommy snatches it. Tommy snatches it. She said that there was like this energy around Tommy, and that he was eyeballing her, and she was like, oh my gosh, like... Um, yeah. Yeah. Super, like, deer-in-the-headlights sort of moment. Right. And... Let's just say that you get the impression, um, here that Mariah is not... She's not, like, experienced in human relationships. She's been hustling and working, but, like, interpersonal relationships, she has no examples for it. She has no, like, confidence in... And she's still a kid. Yeah. And so she's... She's vulnerable and... Talented at Amazing. this moment. Talented so and she, vulnerable. She borrows a dress. She goes to this little party. She's trying to get her demo in the hands of someone, and some other dude takes it and leaves with it. And she is just like, okay, now I'm short another demo tape. Now I gotta pay for a new one. Like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's already got a sort of deal lined up with another company, but Tommy Matola calls her apartment and they're like, Where's Mariah? Um, we need her, blah, blah, blah. Sing for her, over, sing, Mariah, sing for us over the phone so we know it's you. Right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm in an apartment and there's noises. <laughs> it happens. That was the neighbor coming down the stairs. We hang out. I get his packages off the porch oh. so they don't get stolen mm-hmm. by our crazy neighbors. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm the background singer. That's important. <laughs> okay. Cheers, darling. Cheers, darling. How do you like the lighthearted? I'm obsessed. It's right. It's way not light. It's better than yes. the two-hearted. Two-hearted. So if you're a Michigan, it should be called one-hearted. If you're a Michigan beer person, you know that there's a a fuck ton of it. B, a lot of it is so strong, but if you're not a person that can handle your alcohol, you're like, I'll have one beer, and then I'm going to fall over. But lighthearted is the lovely Bell's, like, light version for women like me. Um, <laughs> or lightweights, you know. Yeah. You know, lightweights all around, Yes, darling. yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but, it, but it's yummy like two-hearted. So if you have a friend that loves two-hearted and you like lighthearted, it's kind of like you're sharing beer. But it's literally I'm, low-cal and low-alcohol by volume. I'm here for the color scheme, 3. too. 3.7 in the like, color scheme. It's very mid-century modern. Mid-century modern, darling. <laughs> yes. Postmodern jukebox. Mm-hmm. But it's... um. 
it's cuter than the original packaging, I will say. So if you're like super about that and not yeah. about the taste, if you want to drink fashionably, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm drinking mine out of a out of a fucking wine glass. Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking mine out of a jar. So um, okay, so one wonderful thing that you get if you listen to the audiobook is Mariah will say like, "That's when I first started composing." butterfly and she'll sing a little bit just like sing into the microphone and you're like oh yeah that's why you're a star (laughs) if I were to just well I just did sing into this microphone it wasn't awesome okay it was passable (laughs) but when Mariah sings you're like oh that breathy clear enunciation with control and energy and everything is just super pure so Tommy Mottola hears this. He calls her and says, sing to me over the phone. And then what happens, Gia? Oh, my gosh. So instantly there's deals on the table. So it's either Tommy's deal, I think, is like 300000 versus the other deal. I but think what is the deal? Is it like you'll produce in one album? You'll produce five albums? I like, believe it's... Six albums. So she no, has to create six albums I, for three hundred thousand dollars. No, I think it's no. She's gonna get paid for more. Of okay, the, okay. She's. I don't know the exact details of this deal. I don't think she goes one hundred percent into it. Also, talking about deals, Ben Margulies kind of fucks her out of a lot of the rights on her first album. But oh, that's right. Yeah. She does this whole thing. So if you're listening to us. And you're in the music industry and you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. I remember I gave my song to that commercial. Oh, no. Or I remember I gave my song to that movie and I signed something and I didn't get any money. So I would love to learn more about that because I think I've been oblivious to kind of predatory music industry practice. And the music industry in general is like way deeper than I initially thought. Like before I, before I like really got into Mariah, I was like, oh, there's music and that's what happens. Like I didn't know about what the charts are and any of that. Yeah. And how does someone get into, how does someone get to, I didn't understand that someone goes, we own you now. For real. And you produce, you're a song producing machine. She's the machine. She's the machine. So Mariah tells stories where she's in the room and other people are talking about her, but they're calling her, quote, the franchise. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all industry white people. Industry white people saying like, well, the franchise, da, da, da. And um, she's realizing she's it's what's what's kind of sweet and endearing about this book is that you understand that she's like a combination of naive and talented that is so dangerous in a capitalist society. <laughs> it's she's, crazy. Yeah. Because she eventually, she is the highest selling soul, female artist, solo artist of all time. She's sold over 200 million records. Yeah. That's Can you fucking imagine? nuts. I tried to sell 50 posters last year. <laughs> Five zero. <laughs> Not like 5.0 million, like 50, 50. Just 50 5 times of, 10. Just 50. Like, five I, times 10. I'm also writing a book, Shameless, shameless Plug, sorry, not shameless sorry. Shameless Plug, author, Mariah Carey Obsessive, part-time weed worker, Gia Ashlyn Perot. Okay, I would argue that it's like not like obsessive, it's just like... You're a big fan. It's a, it's like... 
borderline an issue. Okay, borderline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borderline. <laughs> you have an Instagram. <laughs> That's connected to the author of this book. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's look at it realistically. <laughs> okay, so nonlinearly, I'm going to talk about something about naivete. So if you're a tiny pop star or a big pop star or whatever and you come into a lot of money, there's things you can do, right? You could be that person who like does a lot of cocaine and just like flies all around farting your ass off and you become sort of a spectacle of yourself. She didn't do that. Um, she married Tommy. The fame can also get to you as well. The fame. So she married Tommy and... Um, their connection, of course, was this really, really, really high-level musical. He's a high, 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 high-level music. He's the head of Sony. She is high, 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 high talent, right, and beautiful. And he understands what he's got, and um, she is naive. And this storm of money and their union and everything, here's the two things you need to know from my perspective. Because they're like, okay, we're going to do this big wedding and everything. And, of course, all these famous people are there. And if you're a person watching that from the outside, you might be like, oh, my gosh, it's a fairy tale. Like, this is amazing. A little girl has found her prince charming, et cetera, et cetera. However, they just didn't have that much fun together. <laughs> they just didn't really like each other that much. And then... <laughs> They're on their honeymoon, and she's wandering on the beach from her, for, by herself, and she can't even buy herself a drink because she doesn't have any money. And that she, is a moment. He's yelling on his phone to someone about why and their, their wedding. Team is there. Their team, like, should we be on the cover of People or not? Can you imagine that for your wedding? So then, um, so that's part yeah, of it. It's not intimate at all. No. First no, of no. all, yeah. So by this point, we're. Going ahead a little bit here. She's released, like, sure, sure. two albums. She has no idea how big she is. She <gasps> just knows that she oh my is, God. like, selling these albums and writing songs. And she's, like, with Tommy. Now she, like, kind of, like, gets into this situation where she, like, kind of feels like she has to marry this guy. Because sure, sure, sure. that's what happens. So let, and, me, let me back up a second so I don't forget this. Because my brain, you know. You know, stoner. time. Irrelevant. Stoner. Stoner slash time. So, A, it wasn't that fun. B... She decides, like, let's build a big palace together in Westchester. And she puts everything into it so that they have this wonderful place. Well, he, decide, he decided that that's what was happening. But she decided... She decided I'm, to decorate I'm it. decorate Yes, yes. yes. And so she, that's how I would be, too. Yes, yes, yes. She wanted a, a studio and a pool and da 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 And she, she built it all. But then she ends up calling it Hills Gel and Sing Sing and all this stuff. We'll get into that. So... The precious part is she's a person just kind of dealing with her circumstances. And, um, and, and here's the thing to know. She's getting married. She's moving all around New York. Her financial circumstances are changing, but she's producing music constantly. So can you give me sort of an order of like this came out, then this came out? Then oh, this I got came. you. Of course girl, she does. Girl, I fucking got Gia. you. Resident Moray Encyclopedia, go ahead. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Okay, so her first album, entitled Mariah Carey, self-titled, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that comes out 1990, sells like 6 million fucking copies. Good start. Yeah. 
good start, Mariah. It, it comes out <laughs> onto the fucking charts. Name a couple songs on it. Vision of Love. Boom. I had a vision of love. And then the oh, oh, oh. The uh, runs, girl. you know. Yeah, girl. If come you don't on. know. Come on. Get, where are you? Okay. What so, are you even doing? What are you doing? So Vision of Love. <laughs> boom. Straight to number one. Mm-hmm. Love Takes Time. Boom. Straight to number one. Oh, girl. I Don't Want to Cry. Boom. Straight to number one. Oh, wait. One. Sing a little bit of I Don't Want to Cry. Um, I don't wanna cry, don't wanna cry, and nothing in the world could take us back to where we used to be. Oh, it's, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. Okay, okay, okay. And then someday from the first, so straight to number one. So she's got four. Someday. The one you gave away will be the only the one you wish you for. Hey, yeah, so like, so she puts out her first album, and literally all the singles from it go to number one. Sure, sure. And then she puts out a second album in 1991 called Emotions. A year later, and you got me feeling emotions. But okay, better than ever. And that's the whistle notes. Yes, yes. Oh, girl. Okay. That was her fifth single, went straight to number one. She's the first girl. I will come at you with the the records all day. Oh, do it. She is the first (laughs) and only person to have her first five singles debut, or not debut, but go to number one. Oh, my God. Iconic right from the start. Can you imagine? Right from the start. Like, you can't deny it. You can be a hater, even. You You can be a hater, but you got to respect that shit. I, I don't even... Uh, you get a lot of people, yes, A lot of people assume just because I'm so obsessive and like I listen to this music all the time, and people just assume that I will like go to bat for this woman. And I used to, but now it's just like I can tell when there's like someone who will listen, and there's someone who's just like they're just talking because that's the media, and they are sure, sure, sure. They have no idea what they're saying. They're like, oh, Mariah. You know, so earlier today I was talking with a dear friend of mine who I adore. And her daughters were really obsessed with this Mariah Carey thing. She's like, I don't know if I want my daughters listening to Mariah. And I said, what? She's a hardworking badass bitch. You know, I totally went to bat for it. I was like, whoa, I felt that very strongly. She is, though. Like, she represents something. She here. represents. She represents. Yeah. And she and plus she's like the power of vision. You oh, know girl. I mean? like, she knew what she like, fucking I wanted. I always pictured myself being on the radio. I always pictured myself that's singing what, with this person. I always pictured myself. And she wasn't picturing herself being like the words like here's something I realized. So if you've seen Mariah Carey videos, like, wait a minute, you've talked about the first album and the second album. Yes. Five number okay, what's the third? And what year are oh, we on? The, the okay, so this one's small here, but there was a, a live EP, uh, MTV Unplugged. So oh, where she did I'll Be There. Okay, that's a number one, oh, too. That, that went to God. number one, too, bitch. Shelly knows. See, she's not a huge lamb, but she knows, honey, so don't even come for me. Oh, I know. Girl. Oh, I know. Yeah. So that 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 version, because I already loved Michael Jackson's version oh, of I'll Be There. Iconic. Well, Fucking I mean, it's iconic. his it's his song. But when she's saying it, I'm just like, oh, she's come on, that that's shit. it. She that's did it. it, girl. And backup singing again, bam, bam. Trailer Renz, shout come out on. to Trailer Renz on the background vocals, all of them, and the Price Woo! Sisters, all of it. Um, Melanie Daniels, all the background singers. We're giving you your flowers tonight. I got you. Yes, yes. I got you. Okay, so that was when was MTV Unplugged? Ninety-two. <coughs> oh my then, god, this is my era. Then, 
you know it. Music box. You, there's no way you don't. Hero, dream lover. We just hero. played dream lover. Okay, so hero. This is something we have to talk about. So right now it's December 2020. And really in this era, if you're my age, which is almost 50, or you're Gia's age, which is... I'm almost 24. She's almost 24. So we've known about social media your entire life and a lot of my life, half of my life. Most of it, yeah. So Mariah, though, didn't. Right, she she didn't she couldn't just pop on Instagram and Twitter. say hi to her fans. Right, this is 1993 or two or whatever. Yeah, 93. So this is she couldn't just say hi. This is me on Facebook, right? And she's trapped in the fucking mansion. And she's in the mansion. She's in a mansion where she's surrounded by security guards, like all the time. Oh, she's cameras. surrounded by security and cameras. She's under surveillance, and she's a megastar, and she can't hang out with her friends. It's Tommy so has weird. got her on lockdown, oh, you guys. Dude, Tommy's dude. got it locked down. Yes, yes. So if you, um, oh, I totally forgot that train of thought. It was about music box. music box, but what was the song? Hero. Hero. Okay. Yep. This was one of my favorite parts of the entire book. So Mariah tells this story where she has to go to Schenectady to do a Thanksgiving special. She's been talking about being in uh, Hills Jail, which is her Westchester home that she spent millions of dollars making into a beautiful place, but that she's not really able, like she has a lot of cars, but she never drives them. She has a beautiful place, but she never has people over. She records with people, but they feel very intimidated being there. Like she's not very free. And by not very free, I mean there are cameras tracking her every movement. (laughs) And she has no freedom. So if you picture just like running out to the store, like she didn't do that. And she's a young girl. So it's very twisted. So she gets booked to do a Thanksgiving special in Schenectady. And uh, so she's, and she's in a put car. Out all these albums and that we've talked about. And she's a megastar. Except right? for she hasn't put out Music Box yet, but it's about to come out. Right. So she's a megastar. So she's written Hero during this. She's wonderful at talking about like, oh, and then I created this song because I just thought of this and it reminded me of this and I'm just going to tell you how it went. And she walked to the bathroom and she came back and she got her collaborators. She was like, this is the song I want to sing. And it's wonderful. I love <laughs> those parts. That's how it happens. It's the best. It's and good. So, and so she, she wrote Hero, and she knew how Hero um, was. And can you pull up Hero on your phone? I got you. Okay. So um, if you probably already know Hero, but she goes to Schenectady, and she's in her car, and she realizes that the streets are all blocked off, and there's cops everywhere, and she's like, oh, gosh, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, no, something must have bad must have happened. There's OMG. cops everywhere. Their streets are cleared. And she rolls down her window and asks someone, like, what's, what happened tonight? And they're like, well, you Ms. are Carrie, performing. Miss <laughs> Carrie, they're here for you. There's thousands of people here, and we have to block off the streets so that you can be here. And she was like, what? So my biggest revelation during this book was that there was this period of time where she did not realize she no that she idea. was a megastar. She had no clue. She had no idea. Like, Sony knew, and she, and, and she so she walks in, and it's... um. A Schenectady audience, you know what I mean? Sort of general public type folks that Proctor's love her. Proctor's Theater. It's very Fox Theater. It's very like opera house, old school. Yeah. If you've seen the Thanksgiving special, it's so iconic. It's yeah. the first time she ever sang Hero. It's the first time she ever sang Hero. And Hero, of course, now is so iconic. It was saying, uh, you know, probably like, 
it was saying every eleven. It like it's constantly so and she just wrote it and she comes out and she sings it directly to her fans and that's when she was like, Oh God, I love my fans and they love me and I have a lot of them. And they love me and I love them and this is why I'm doing this and I'm connected to them. And she sings hero. And let's let's do a little hero clip. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's so good. Oh come on, girl. <laughs> Everyone knows that piano. Woo! And then the... Oh, come on. If you look inside your heart, you don't have to be afraid of what you are. There's an All right, let's go to the course. Okay, it's fine, it's fine. We don't want to steal her rights, but you know it. And when a hero comes along, the, you, there's the str- <laughs> with the strength to the carry strength on, to carry honey. On. Yes, Whoa. absolutely. Oh, that it's song a- has saved me so many times. Oh, this is something I wanted to ask you while I go get a more two hearted if you want them. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm, to, I'm down. We just spark up another so joint too. Just, just so you guys know, this show is called Reads and Weeds. I'm Shelly. This is Gia. And I am Gia. It's the December 2020 pandemic. So like, she def. What do you got to do tomorrow? I have nothing. nothing. I am writing a book, but like, it's a very like loosey goosey process. It's, it's a creative thing. It's, sure. It's like don't pressure yourself. Sure, I sure. could talk about Mariah Carey. Every motherfucking day, and I honestly do. So yes, yes. this is my element. Oh good, I'm here for this oh, right good. now. Yeah. I hope that translates to you guys. <laughs> yes, I'm if not, you're out there and you're bouncing around in your chair, going like, "Oh my god, me too, me too, me too, me too." <laughs> please contact us because we want to love things with you. I'm here because we yeah, want like to love watch with you. I talk about Mariah Carey so every Sunday. You guys like, talk about that. Yeah, you guys and can... talk about what I want you to talk about while I'm going to the kitchen. Oh, what do we want? It's about no. I want you to talk about like why you became like what was the thing that made you like that's. My oh no, girl. you gotta be here for this, Shelly. Oh no, I'll be right back. Okay, just okay. start. Go. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is, <laughs> this is it's gonna sound crazy. I'm. It's a lot. Okay. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. So, it was like, let me put you in the spot here. I'm a trans woman. I've told you I'm a mixed race girl. My name's Gia. Hi, I'm Gia. I have always felt like an outcast, an outsider. Always been like, you know, you guys get it. You know. <laughs> you know. I was in an abusive relationship. I had transitioned fully. I had my surgeries, got it together. This was my first like serious relationship with this guy. We moved in together. It was like what it is what it was, but it turned into a seriously abusive situation. He was like controlling what I was wearing, like who I would go see, um, who I would talk to, who I'd bring over, everything, you guys. Everything. Oh yikes, girl. Like Imagine, like, Rapunzel, but, like, the witch is a guy, and he is aggressive. That is what it was. 
Okay, I was, keep going. I was, I was trapped in the tower. I was trapped in the tower, darling. Oh my god, okay. Yes. So I was, I, my music taste also was very old school. It was like super, um, I was really into like the 60s stuff and 60s and 70s, but I found a video of Mariah Carey on YouTube and it was like a compilation video of like Leon. How old were you? I was 18, 19 or something. I had heard All I Want for Christmas is You on the radio, obviously. I knew who it was, but I didn't know it was like, oh my gosh, that's Mariah Carey or anything. And I knew, like, Touch My Body and Obsess. Those are songs also, if you have no idea, look it up. But in 2015, I was like, I know exactly where I was. I was in my bedroom, second story of this townhouse I was living in. It was like a total sing-sing moment, you guys. Lambs, you know what I'm talking about. But I was on YouTube. I was watching a video of, it was like Leona Lewis versus Mariah Carey versus Ariana Grande versus Whitney Houston or Celine Dion, something like that. And I got to Mariah's part and I did not recognize who she fucking was. She was young. She had curly hair like me. She looked just like me, you guys. And oh my God. I thought about that while I was reading this. Your coloring and your hair. Yeah. I had no idea who she was. Because I, like, had an image built up of who she is now. Right. And she looks completely different because her career has been, like, 30 years. Yeah. Oh, shit. Go ahead. But I saw the video of her singing Vision of Love live on Good Morning America in 1990. Oh, shit. And instantly, I was like, whoa. That's, I didn't recognize her as Mariah. And then when she hit her, like, the breathy part, the uh, part at the end where she says, she says turned out to be oh and i was like oh that's mariah and then i was hooked with vision of love man Mm. wait whoa shelly just for the record i just brought out a gigantic rice krispie treat peanut butter cocoa m&m situation into the mix along with a couple more two-hearted. So I got the, um, I, I got I got Gia Gift, which is a Wait, coffee guys. mug slash smoke situation that says, I'm a little bit high maintenance. Lord knows I am. <laughs> Lord knows it's a good, it's a good product for her. And uh, now she's drinking beer out of a wine glass and everything is lovely. So, we're eating this gigantic Rice Krispie treat that I got at uh, this, that, and the Otter things in Ipsy, oh. which is so fun. It's such a shop fun local, place. you guys. Come on, there's a pandemic. No, but it's really if you like weird shit. Like I was like, can you give me something like butterfly? I was in her shop earlier, and I said, can you give me something like butterfly? And she goes, well, I have like butterflies frozen in auger, and I was like, well, maybe not that. <laughs> We can do something else. <laughs> That's a little dark for our situation, but maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. So, okay. So, you love her. We've talked about that. Can we talk about... Wait. Go. This is the part, though. Okay, go. So, I was in the abusive relationship, and I found out who Mariah Carey was. So, I found an outlet. This guy took away everything I could do. Remember, I can't control yes. how I'm dressing, yes. who I'm seeing, any of it. I start loving all of her music. Yes. He hated that I liked old music, and then I got into, like, this 90s, like, 
more current situation. Right. He fucking hated it. Oh. Yes. And I, it was something that I loved. And then yeah. when I was working overnight to 7-Eleven one day, he picked me up at like 6 in the morning, which was normal because he goes into work super early, so that was standard. Yeah. But he was so mad at me, and he wanted to argue all the time, constantly. And I was just like, you know oh, what, I've had yuck. it. So I put my earphones in, and I was listening to one of Mariah's songs, and... I think it was, like, Butterfly or something. Like, I was just, like, not having it. I found out about Butterfly, and I found out about her relationship with Tommy. And I found out about <gasps> all of that. Yeah. And then I was like, yo, you know, like, this is really falling apart for me here. Like, I know that I'm better than this. Yeah. And it turned into... He was yelling at me in the car. I was listening to Mariah Carey. And, oh, my goodness. And I was like, you know what? I'm done arguing. I'm not having it anymore. I've got Mariah. I don't need you. I don't need you to argue with at all. So we got out of the car, got to the townhouse. He pushes me into the fence for like not arguing with him. He was mad that I did wasn't arguing with him, so he what pushes this, me. What what year was this? This was 2016. Oh my goodness. Okay, okay, right. And you started listening to Mariah in 2015. You understood her story. Okay, go. Yes. He pushes me into the motherfucking fence for not arguing with him. Like, and why aren't you mad? Yeah, like, why are you not arguing with me? But I, Because I've got Mariah now. I don't need to argue with you. I don't oh, need to be here. And oh then he pushed me into the fence, and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking need this. So then he locked me outside of the fucking house. I was banging on the door. I was like, what are you fucking doing? And then I lied, and I said, I'm, I called the police on you. And, and then he opened the door, and I grabbed my phone charger and a blanket, and I walked down the street listening to Butterfly, and I was gone, and she, Mariah gave me the strength to leave this super toxic, abusive relationship. And oh, then I go way gosh. more. In, I go way more in depth in it in my book. Like I just spoiled the ending of my book. But no, like, there's yeah. no way. Yeah, there's but, no way. Spoiler alert, but still no way yeah. because you don't truly know Gia yet. Just yeah. let me explain. Yeah. You do not know her yet, so there was really no spoiler. Um, that's beautiful, man. It's, you know, what's interesting is when you're, because you're a creative person, I'm a creative person, we're probably talking to a lot of creative people, and when you're creating things, sometimes you're like, what is the point? Why am I doing this thing that is hard to do, that I'm not that good at, that maybe no one will ever experience except for me, and you try to come to peace with like, I'm just doing it because I have to, but then if it does actually reach someone, like, you were 100% touched by someone who made an art from their soul trying to communicate a feeling and she was going through the same thing and she got that's to what you. That's what she happened. got to you. That's and it's exactly so what Mariah inspiring. was going through when she wrote Butterfly. And that's what I was feeling when I was listening to Butterfly, if you have ever heard it, is like it's about Mariah is singing about what she wished Tommy would say to her, but she, he wouldn't do it, so she needed to write that so she could let go from the situation. And when I was listening to Butterfly, I was envisioning, yo, this is what I feel like I wish my ex would say to me and let me go, but he's not doing it, so I need to let go. And it's very, like, it's a very weird situation, but it's it, the parallels... Oh no, it's 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 real easy parallel. Yeah. I mean it's a really easy parallel because like one of the things that I realized reading this is 
uh, I'm kind of past it now because I'm almost 50. Um, but there was a time when I really believed that famous people had better lives. You know, I kind of had this image in my mind like, oh, they must be smarter or better at interpersonal relationships or whatever. And the more autobiographies or things that I read, so here's a newsflash. You ready for this? So I have a friend in Kalamazoo, and I remember we, we sold books door to door together. His name was Eric. And I remember in the mid to – it must have been the late 90s when he was like, oh, a friend of mine that I play baseball with is dating this really famous person. And I was like, really? And he goes, oh, yeah, I think, you know, my friend Derek is dating this girl, Mariah. And I was like, oh, really? You know, so like my friend Eric – his friend Derek was dating Mariah and I couldn't but I was just like oh okay and then later on when I thought about it I was like wait what Derek Jeter <laughs> yes. and Mariah Carey and th- that's iconic oh my it's god iconic. it's iconic it's iconic yeah. and it's like I and then I realized like no matter who you are and how much money you have it's still this awkward I'm trying to figure things out out I'm on my own path I've got these personal influences it's just a matter of degrees of financial stability but even when she was extremely financially stable it was like there was a degree and I'm sure some people go like well when you become that huge of a public figure you should just expect it but it's sad that people just should be expected to be fucked with and I'm going to give an example I do a very, compared to Mariah Carey, a very small holiday show every year for 13 years. <laughs> and I um, am usually the host, so bare minimum 1,200 people see the show, right? And I'm the host. I've been there for 13 years. They think they know me, right? They're like, that's the, I know her, right? So this year we did it online, and I changed costumes. I did my little show. But the thing that you don't expect is that acquaintances and strangers are going to say pervy things about you, you know, to you. And it's on such a scale. I'm like, I'm a middle-aged woman filming things in my apartment. And there's males that come out of the woodwork to say pervy things directly to you. And it's kind of unbelievable, you know. So... In, while I was reading this book, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, the amount of people coming after you for ill-intended things at that level is so extreme. <laughs> people want shit from you. People want money from her. People want her to produce things. So at some point, we need to get to, oh my God, we've already talked about her not knowing she had fans. We've already talked about Derry Okay. Oh, you know what? Let's pause. Reads and Weeds. <sighs> oh my goodness. So I want to wrap up in about 10 or 15 minutes. So let's focus in on glitter and mm-hmm. the fall. Tommy trying to sabotage her by doing something almost just like glitter. And also the emancipation of Mimi. So take me through glitter and how it could have been awesome, but how it got sabotaged. Well, basically Mariah's left Tommy and the control of that label. And she goes to a new record label, but 
Tommy's got like spies and people out there stalking her. And he goes after music that she sampled and takes the, the samples and gives them to another artist and has that music come out before her glitter album comes out. So people will like probably think that she copies if, if she puts out her music. So she has to go and change it and rush re-recordings and all that. So it throws off her whole momentum and then glitter comes out on 9-11. It's a huge, oh, right. it's a huge oh. bomb. She goes on to TRL, has this appearance uh, where it's like, quote unquote, a surprise appearance. And she's very tired and erratic. And basically- so I went down that rabbit hole and watched that. It's a total request live, right? And she brings in like an ice cream cart or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And takes her shirt off. And she just seemed like she was kind of being fun and silly. I don't see why it was such a big deal. But man, the media went crazy, right? They were they, ready to tear her down. They were ready. They were definitely ready. Oh, and but right before this, she had just signed on to a new record label, Virgin Records. And it was the largest record deal of all time. She signed a $100 million record deal. And she puts out the album Glitter, the movie Tanks, the album only sells 2 million, which isn't bad at all, but in for Mariah Carey numbers, that's not great. So they pay her to go away. They give her like 26, uh, 26 million to just like write her off of her contract. So that's basically- mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, because of glitter. That part. That's my goal. My goal is for me to tell to sell two million of something for that to be a low ball year. <laughs> exactly. I can for only any other, for any other artist that would be like goals right there. Of course. Come on. Yeah. When does she uh, meet Nick? That's a few years later. So she has an album come out after Glitter. It doesn't do so well. So she takes her time with the next one. And she records a lot of it in Italy on the island. Oh, yeah. And then she has a huge comeback with the Emancipation of Mimi and We Belong Together. Mm -hmm. And she's the biggest star ever again. But the, in the book, that's not like her big comeback. But in real life, that's her big comeback. But in the book, she her comeback is like having kids and finding that like love that she never got from her family through mm -hmm. them yes. and yeah so she only mentions Nick for like a page which she's like the whole reason they needed to be in a relationship was to have kids and all of that so and it was very sweet she's very positive about Nick very positive about Nick and very positive about Derek Jeter too they were both oh, yeah. sweet stories yeah. What's the best song off Emancipation of Mimi? Ooh, probably We Belong Together. Okay. Sing a little but bit. I, um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when you left, I lost a part of me. It's still so hard to believe. Come back, baby, please, cause we belong together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the jam right there. 
the low key bops off that album are like circles and stay the night. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So any final, you got to read this. Here's how much Mimi's going to blow up in the next year and why anything like that, that you want to leave us with. <laughs> I don't know if she would blow up again in the next year, but I do think that this is a good read and it's very, it's not relatable, but it's like, <laughs> no, it's not relatable. It is for some people though, because really I, you're trying to get something done. A lot of things are in your way. People are fucking with you. you you're finding that the thing you originally thought you wanted is not what makes you happy. That's a very, it's a very relatable human story. I think she's a person finding herself and what she used to think she wanted was different from what she wanted wanted and what she got and then she found her kids and there you go beautiful thing <laughs> i think it is a really beautiful thing beautiful thing everyone please follow gia on at love life mariah carey on instagram and is your show today Sunday. We did it. We did it this morning. Yep. Okay. We had it right before I came on here. What did y'all talk about today? We reviewed a movie. She was in this movie called Tennessee. Was it terrible? <laughs> Not as bad as glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Can't wait to watch it. Okay. Okay. I'll see you soon. Bye, Shelly. Have fun. You've been listening to Reads and Weeds. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And wherever you stream, please like, follow, rate, and review. It really does help.